Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. We begin today with chapters 4 through 6 of Ezra. The enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel. So they approached Zerubbabel and the other leaders and said, Let us build with you, for we worship your God just as you do. We have sacrificed to him ever since King Ereshkodon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the other leaders of Israel replied, You may have no part in this work. We alone will build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as King Cyrus of Persia commanded us. Then the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. They bribed agents to work against them to frustrate their plans. This went on during the entire reign of King Cyrus of Persia and lasted until King Darius of Persia took the throne. Years later, when Xerxes began his reign, the enemies of Judah wrote a letter of accusation against the people of Judah in Jerusalem. Even later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, the enemies of Judah, led by Bishlam, Meredath, and Tebel, sent a letter to Artaxerxes in the Aramaic language, and it was translated for the king. Rehom, the governor, and Shemeshalah, the court secretary, wrote the letter telling King Artaxerxes about the situation in Jerusalem. They greeted the, the king for all their colleagues, the judges and local leaders, the people of Tarpil, the Persians, the Babylonians, and the people of Erech and Susa, that is Elam. They also sent greetings from the rest of the people whom the great and noble Ashtabatapal had deported and relocated in Samaria and throughout the neighboring lands of the province west of the Euphrates River. This is a copy of their letter. To King Artaxerxes, from your loyal subjects in the province west of the Euphrates River, the king should know that the Jews who come here to Jerusalem from Babylon are rebuilding this rebellious and evil city. They have already laid the foundation and will soon finish its walls. And the king should know that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, it will be much to your disadvantage, for the Jews will then refuse to pay their tribute, customs, and tolls to you. Since we are your loyal subjects and do not want to see the king dishonored in this way, we have sent the king this information. We suggest that he a search be made in your ancestors' records where you will discover what a rebellious city this has been in the past. In fact, it was destroyed because of its long and troublesome history of revolt against the kings and countries who controlled it. We declare to the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, the province west of the Euphrates River will be lost to you. Then King Artaxerxes sent this reply to Rehom, the governor, Shemeshai, the court secretary, and their colleagues living in Samaria and throughout the province west of the Euphrates River, greetings. 
The leader, the letter you sent has been translated and read to me. I ordered a search of the records and have found that Jerusalem has indeed been a hotbed of insurrection against many kings. In fact, a rebellion and revolt, revolt are normal there. Powerful kings have ruled over Jerusalem and the entire province west of the Euphrates River, receiving tribute, customs, and tolls. Therefore, issue orders to have these men stop their work. That city must not be rebuilt except at my express command. Be diligent and don't neglect this matter, for we must not permit this situation to harm the king's interests. When this letter from King Artaxerxes was read to Shalem, Shemeshash, and their, their colleagues, they hurried to Jerusalem. Then, with a show, show of strength, they forced the Jews to stop building. So the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem had stopped, and it remained at a standstill until the second year of the, of the reign of King Darius of Persia. At that time, the prophets Haggai and, and Zechariah, son of Ido, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Zerubbabel, son of Shetelai, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, responded by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them and helped them. But Tatanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shephah, Bazadai, and their colleagues soon arrived in Jerusalem and asked, Who gave you permission to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked for the names of all the men working on the temple, but because their God was watching over them, the leaders of the Jews were not prevented from building until a report was sent to Darius and returned his decision. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai, the governor, Shepha, Bozanai, the other officials of the province west of the Euphrates River sent to King Darius. To King Darius, greetings. The king should know that we went to the construction site of the temple of the great god of the province of Judah. It is being rebuilt with specially prepared stones and timber is being laid on in its walls. The work is going forward with great energy and success. We asked the leaders who gave you permission to rebuild this temple and restore this structure, and we demanded their names so that we could tell you who their leaders were. This was their answer. We are the servants of the God of the heaven and earth. And we are rebuilding the temple that was built here many years ago by a great king of Israel. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he abandoned them to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and exiled the people to Babylonia. However, King Cyrus of Babylon, during the first year of his reign, issued a decree that the temple of God should be rebuilt. King Cyrus returned the gold and silver cups that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of Babylon. These cups were taken from that temple and presented to a man named Sheshbazzar, whom King Cyrus appointed as governor of Judah. 
The king instructed him to return the cups to their place in Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of God there on its original site. So this Sheshbazzar came and laid the foundations of the temple of God in Jerusalem. The people have been working on it ever since, though it is not yet completed. Therefore, if it pleases the king, we request that a search be made of the royal archives of Babylon to discover whether King Cyrus ever issued a decree to rebuild God's temple in Jerusalem. And then let the king send us a decision in this matter. So King Darius issued orders that a search be made in the Babylonian archives, which were stored in the treasury. But it was at the fortress of Akbatana in the province of Media that a scroll was found. This is what it said. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus's reign, a decree was sent out concerning the temple of God in, at Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt on the site where the Jews used to offer their sacrifices using the original foundations. Its height will be 90 feet and its width will be 90 feet. Every three layers of specially prepared stones will be topped by a layer of timber. All expenses will be paid by the royal treasury. Furthermore, the gold and silver cups that were taken to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar from the temple of God, of God in Jerusalem must be returned to Jerusalem and put back where they belong. Let them be taken back to the temple of God. So King Darius sent this message, Now therefore, Tatanai, the governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shether Bozaniah, and your colleagues and other officials west of the Euphrates River, stay away from there. Do not disturb the construction of the temple of God. Let it be rebuilt on its original site, and do not hinder the governor of Judah and, its el- and the elders of the Jews in their work. Moreover, I hereby decree that you are to help these elders of the Jews as they rebuild this temple of God. You must pay the full construction cost without delay from my taxes collected in the province west of the Euphrates River so that the work may not be interrupted. Give the priests in Jerusalem whatever is needed in the way of young bulls, rams, young male lambs for the burnt offerings presented to the God of heaven. And without fail, provide them with as much wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil as they need each day. Then they will be able to offer acceptable sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the welfare of the king and his sons. Those who violate this decree in any way will have a beam pulled from their house. Then they will be lifted up and impaled on it, and their house will be reduced to a pile of rubble. May the God who has chosen the city of Jerusalem as the place to honor his name destroy any king or nation that violates this command and destroys this temple. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be obeyed with all diligence." Tatanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shether Bozanai, their colleagues, complied at once with the command of King Darius. So the Jewish elders continued their work, and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Ido, the 
temple was finally finished, as had been commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes, the kings of Persia. The temple was completed on March 12th during the sixth year of King Darius's reign. The temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the people who had returned from exile. During the dedication ceremony for the temple of God, 100 young bulls, 200 rams, and 400 male lambs were sacrificed. And the 12 and 12 male goats were presented as a sin offering for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the priests and the Levites were divided into their various divisions to serve at the temple of God in Jerusalem as prescribed in the book of Moses. On April 21st, they return, the returned exiles celebrated Passover. The priests and Levites had purified themselves and were ceremonially clean, so they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the returned exiles, for their fellow priests, and for themselves. The Passover meal was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and by the others in the land who had turned from their corrupt practices to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. Then they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. There was great joy throughout the land because the Lord had caused the king of Assyria to be favorable to them so that he helped them rebuild the temple of God, the God of Israel. We're also going to read Psalm 137. Beside the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them from the branches of poplar trees, for our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn, Sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth if I fail to remember you. If I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. O oh Lord, remember what the Edomites did. On the day that the armies of Babylon captured Jerusalem. Destroy it, they yelled. Level it to the ground. O oh Babylon, you will be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. In conclusion today, I want to first deal with the end of Psalm 137. This is a psalm written as the people are in exile. And that last verse, Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. That's some harsh stuff, is it not? We might say, why would something like that be in the Bible? This is supposed to be God's people. Why are they wishing for something like this? Well, as we've discussed many, many times before, the Psalms are an expression of emotion that is being expressed in that moment. Many times that emotion is worship and joy. But in this case, the emotion is despair 
And so that emotion leads to the things that we today would certainly not be comfortable with. But it does reflect the fact that they were wanting to go home. In the reading of Ezra, we see that the work began on the the temple, but opposition came. As so often happens when people are doing the work that God expects them to do, opposition will come. We should expect it. In fact, every time that we are doing something for the Lord, what we need to be ready for is for some sort of opposition to the work to happen. And then we're ready to handle it so that the work can continue. Thankfully, the work eventually resumed and and the work to complete the temple did take place and there was worship for the Lord because of it. But how easy it can be when we are distracted by opposition, by negativity, and those that want to have nothing to do truly with the work of the Lord. May we keep our eyes focused on Him, and may we keep our eyes focused and not be distracted when those that oppose the Lord come up against us. May we keep our eyes on the prize, keep our eyes on the Lord. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.